When Katie and Meredith were in grade 11, they were best friends. And as a way to make sure they would stay best friends, they drew up a contract. Signed on the letterhead of Friendship Company. (laughs) Section 1A. The following forces of evil and destruction must not intervene with the bonds of sisterhood. Money. Right-winged fanatics. (laughs) Incidents that have occurred over six months ago. (laughs) Anything with a Y chromosome. That's Katie and Meredith reading a contract that I'm pretty sure is unenforceable. I'm Dan Meisner, and this... This is Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. How are you doing? It is so, so nice to see you. This is a show where we go back in time to remember the good, the bad, and the awkward parts of growing up. This time, recorded live in Toronto, we have angsty online journals, poems about unrequited love, a very special dog named Sparky, and much more. This stuff is weird, it is wonderful, and it can help us understand who we are today. So think about who you were when you were a kid, and stick around. Kids often have special relationships with animals, especially family pets. When our next reader, Adelaide, was seven, she wrote a journal back and forth with her teacher. And as you'll hear, she wrote a lot about her dog, Sparky. January 7th, 1994. The best dog. One day my dad said we were going somewhere. He said it was a surprise and he took me to the pet shop to get a puppy. And his name is Sparky. This is what he looks like. You can't see him, unfortunately. September 9th, 1994 Sparky loves to play He likes to play frisbee He catches it in his mouth He sleeps in his basket My teacher wrote When did you get your pet, Sparky? Do you have any other pets? It sounds like you really love him I didn't respond (laughs) Sparky is growing He's two months old He's very playful and I love him Wednesday, October 12th, 1994 My grandma was cooking, and she was carrying around a bag of flour around. (laughs) She put it on the couch, and Sparky came in, and he jumped on it and tried to eat it, but I took him away, and there was flour all over the couch. April 24th, 1995. When I saw Sparky, he was just the size of a guinea pig. We did not buy him then, because he was too young, and then he would have missed his mom. We're going to South Carolina. I can't wait. We might have to sneak Sparky in when we hit the border. (laughs) My teacher wrote, how'd it go with Sparky? And I wrote, okay. (laughs) Me and Sparky have lots of fun times together. I love Sparky. He's my best friend. When I'm in trouble, I always go to him. I like Christmas because dot, dot, dot. I like opening presents. I love shopping for Christmas presents. Sparky wants a new dog sweater. I will get him one. (laughs) So my teacher wrote, is he a real dog or a make-believe dog? (laughs) And I wrote, in my journal, he is real, period. Real, exclamation mark. (laughs) I never owned a dog named Sparky. (laughs) 
When Ryan was in grade five, he had a crush on a girl named Tanya. And he wrote about her in his diary. January 14th, I got 98% or maybe 100% on my science test. I think I'm too smart for Tanya. (laughs) Boo hoo. January 21st. Today I went shopping. I feel excellent in my new pants and shirt. I am going to give Tanya a shell necklace. Maybe. January 22nd, next day. I have thought about it, and I'm going to give Tanya the necklace. I am only doing this because Scott says he will give her a $40 necklace. Mine is a $1.07 necklace. Too bad. February 1st. Kevin warned me not to make him break up with Tanya. I also found out she hates her sister, too. For my birthday, I'm going to buy some army stuff. Kevin is weak. (laughs) February 9th. Today was a pretty good day, but I should learn to shut my face. (laughs) February 14th is coming up soon. Oh boy, will Tanya be surprised. February 14th. Today was the best birthday of my life, fun-wise. Right in the morning... I gave Tanya the necklace and card, and then she said, thank you, like when I hold the door for her. (laughs) Then Then at recess, by then the rumor was out. At lunch, Kevin came up to me, you damn well ass of a fool, why did you give Tanya a necklace? That was after Lori asked how much the necklace was, and I said around $50, and she said, oh my God. (laughs) February 15th, today was not so good. Tanya did not say a thing to me except thank you when I held the door. Oh, well. February 19th. Today I went to a real good restaurant. They serve stuff course by course. It is good. (laughs) February 21st. Uh, I am getting me and Tanya up to our old friendship. I found out that you have to get it back slowly. February 23rd. After school, I started to push James's brother around after he turned into a sex maniac and went after Tanya. (laughs) March 6th. Today, I am signing that I will start to hate Tanya unless she starts to hate Oliver. Ryan B. signed March 6th, 9.25 p.m., 1984. I actually went back into the diary, and I mean, it's not a legal document, but I I actually had done this. Um, March 23rd. Today, in a dream, Randine hugged me and almost kissed me. April 18th. Today I got seven wrong on a decimals exercise sheet. I got some speeches from mom. (laughs) April 29th. Today was a pretty good day. By the way, mini donuts are good. (laughs) May 16th. Today I had a fight with Kevin after he broke Tanya's necklace, the one I gave her. From the encyclopedias, it went to the middle of the couches, then onto a couch with girls on it who quickly left, then back to the middle of the couches. We both punched each other to death. (laughs) May 29th. Scott seems to worship Tanya and always sticks up for her. Weird. June 1st. Today was a good day. One day I am going to make Tanya look like a fool. And perhaps that day has finally arrived. June 22nd. Today I had a detention. It had to happen. Four more days and summer vacation. Thank you very much.
I've been hosting live Grown Ups Who Thinks They Wrote As Kids events for more than a decade. And one of the most common questions I get is, what's the definition of kid? And the thing is, we don't actually have a specific age range. There's no cutoff. But what I do say is that temporal distance matters. Ideally, we want you to be at least 10 years removed from the thing that you wrote. The important part is that you're at a different stage in life than when you first wrote it. The passage of time is what makes it possible to look back at this stuff and laugh, especially about things that at the time didn't feel funny at all. Our next reader, Danielle, shared a few poems she wrote in grades 7 to 9. She says, many of them are about boys, and quite a few are those acrostic poems where you write a word down one side and each line starts with the first letter in that word. Please welcome to our stage, Danielle. Um, So I should say pretty much all these poems are about the same boy. This is called Certain Things. Certain things just sound better in my head, and when I express them out loud, they just sound stupid. One of those things was actually you and me. I told you, and you hesitated before you let me down. I don't know if you love me, or even if you like me, but I truly thought you did. But I guess that certain things are just meant to stay in my head. (laughs) It's gonna stay this sad, I'm sorry. Yeah, this is called A Walk. I went on a walk today, secretly headed towards you. But once I realized this, my senses pulled right through. Why do I like a guy who just stood me up right now? He doesn't feel the same way, but I love him still somehow. And every time I looked back on my walk that was too long, I was hoping you were there, singing a sorry song. But you never came biking past me or shouted happily, hey, wait, you full out didn't show up. You were too many hours late. (laughs) This is when I realized I had to get over this because while I saw love, you flinched at the thought of my kiss. I finished my walk today and my body was on fire from the heat and the sweat and the fact that you're a liar. <laughs> Thank you. Um, this is called Standards. Same, same tone. <laughs> I want the best for you, and I'm not the best. And while you may be perfect for me, I don't fit your standards. I don't fit most standards. I hate standards. I wish that love were about love and not about fitting the right criteria. I hate standards. Um, yeah, same tone. Uh, this one is called, um, Oh Look, Rain. (laughs) Uh, when it rains, I don't have the energy to dance. All I think of is how if I had you, it would be so hot if you kissed me in the rain, and then probably you'd make me smile so wide that I would dance for you, and even though it looks ridiculous, you'd still think I'm beautiful in my own way. And I'd love the way that you'd reassure me that I'm yours and I should love myself like I love you. And I'd close my eyes and suddenly I'd know how to kiss (laughs) and we would make out and it would be perfect. 
But as for today, I don't think that I have the energy to dance in the rain. <laughs> um, and finally, those acrostics. So these are a series of acrostics uh, to the word love. So liking others very especially. <laughs> Leaning on your very strong shoulders every time I need help. Learning the meaning of off and on with various ecstatic contestants. <laughs> and finally, my favorite one, let's over-exaggerate various emotions. Thank you. Listening back to the poems I read, I think what really strikes me about them is how rattled I was that this boy didn't like me back um, when in fact like it was just a, it was just a crush you know it's not like he led me on or anything like that and I think that's because I like probably wrote extensively about the relationship in my diary before it happened um, and so it felt really real even though it was kind of in my head and if I could go back in time and give myself some advice, um, I would say like, celebrate the fact that you told someone you liked them. That's wonderful and like, hold on to that because that is really scary and really hard and I'm an adult now and I still really struggle to say I like you to anyone. And so like, it's kind of inspiring to me reading back that I, that I did that and like, it was heartbreaking, but also kudos, like good job. And, um, you know, like hold on to that confidence because that, that will take you far. So as sad as things seem, you know, this, is, this boy is not the one, there will be many more worse heartbreaks and worse poems to come, but good for you for putting yourself out there. Keep doing that. Did anybody here uh, growing up have a live journal? Any live journals in the room? Yes? Okay, Freddie is our next reader, and Freddie did not have a live journal. He had uh, a journal that he kept on an alternative journaling site known as Dead Journal. We're going to hear a couple of dead journal entries written when Freddie was a teenager. He describes himself as an angsty emo goth with undiagnosed ADD, dramatic, and closeted. <laughs> Reading a few entries from his dead journal, please welcome to our stage, Freddie. A quick heads up, Freddie uses some cuss words, which we do not bleep. September 2003. Title, I'm a millionaire. Mood, bored. Music, naked by the Spice Girls. <laughs> I don't get it. First, it's the all-American thing to hate Iraq. Now it's the all-American thing to help rebuild it. I hate George Bush. <laughs> Corey's brother from Boy Meets World was so hot. <laughs> April 2003. Title, oh, now I remember why we're friends. Mood, annoyed. Music, dishwasher that sounds like a Bjork song. 
It's a real, it's, it's a real song, I promise. Um, I didn't go to school today because I didn't want to see any of my stupid friends. Frankly, if they're so anti-gay, then I have no place in their lives. I'm no longer going to Mayor's party, so ha! See how dull that fucking thing will be without the only funny person there, bitch. I'm eating orange jello right now. July 2003. Madonna was so emo. <laughs> Mood drained. Music, You'll See by Madonna. I'm listening to a lot of older Madonna songs, her depressing stuff from 1996 or so, you know? Crying in the dark, frowny face. <laughs> no, it's really not that. It's not worth that. <clears throat> September 2003, title, Sakatoa. Mood, Amused, Music, the last song by All American Rejects. Today in fashion class, Steph, my best friend, threatened to give herself an orange juice douche and called it an orange juice. <laughs> Gotta get your vitamin C somewhere. December 2003, title, Joe Boxer, Sean Boxer, mood, horny, music, not gonna get us by tattoo. <laughs> I saw Sean's underpants again today, haha, ha, they were gray and hot. Sir, your ass is out of control. I can't even give context for this next one. October 2004, title, Distill. Mood, Busy, Music, Cocoon by Bjork. I think Dadaes had big gay orgies every day. That's totally tits. <laughs> November 2004, no title, in all caps, I am God. I hope people take that out of context. July 2003, I had written a weird little test thing. Um, title, It's Your Final Exam. Uh, mood, Silly. Music, Sick Transit Gloria by Brand New. Still a great song. Question one, why do you fail? Compare and contrast. Question number two. <laughs> Question number two, why are you not as good as a person you could be? Cite examples from the text. Question number three, how much longer can you go on like this? Explain. Thank you. Freddie, ladies and gentlemen, very nicely done. Freddie wasn't the only angsty teenager to read at our Toronto event. Our next reader, Zane, shared an angsty diary entry she wrote in 1997 when she was 14. A quick heads up, Zane uses some cuss words in her diary, which we do not bleep. Dear diary, today was the saddest day of my life. My extended family was over, and that's bad enough as it is. <laughs> then... As we were getting glasses out to serve, one was just sitting on a tray and it exploded just like that. 
And it scared the fuck out of me, let me tell ya. <laughs> and so I started to cry. And then I went upstairs to eat. It's Ramadan, so I'd been fasting. And everyone started telling me to do stuff, so I started to do it. And then everybody was like, no, no, that's wrong. And no, no, that's wrong. I wrote that in caps. And so I stayed downstairs for a little while and cried some more. And then I started thinking of the movie I saw yesterday, in brackets, Titanic. <laughs> and it was really sad. So about 15 minutes later, my sister Reem came downstairs and convinced me to go up and eat. So I did. And as soon as I walked into the kitchen, everyone turned and looked at me like I was a freak. And they weren't like, oh, what's wrong looks, like Reem kept telling me they were. They were looking at me like they disapproved that I was crying or something. And then everyone started asking me what was wrong, but then making up their own answers about what was wrong. And I fucking hate that. They think they know all about me, even though they fucking rip on me every fucking time they see me. So I got even more pissed off, and I started crying again. And I ran to my room and stayed there and bawled for a half an hour straight with like everybody coming into the room and asking me what was wrong. And I had to answer that I didn't know then, but I do know now. I know that whatever my life amounts to, whatever choice I make that is in my favor will be wrong. If I choose to have a boyfriend, wrong. If I choose to act or sing or perform in school or beyond that, which I'm sure I'll end up doing, wrong. If I choose to marry out of the culture or the religion, then what? Then what, written in caps. I'm out of the family. <laughs> I can't believe what Reem must be going through. She'll be 21 in six days, and she'll definitely be in the running for marriage prospects. Read, old, ugly, Lebanese men. <laughs> what then? See you, Zane. When Kelly was four, she wrote a book called Big and Little. And if four sounds a little young to have written a book, well, it might help to understand what Kelly means by book. My school had a publishing house, which was really just a dedicated librarian with a typewriter and a laminator. Um, so we got our own books. And this is Big and Little, written and illustrated by Ryan and Kelly. Ryan, if you're listening, I know you did nothing to help with this book. <laughs> This book is dedicated to my mom and dad. Bears are big. I love bears. Bears I love. Big bears I do not love. I love bears. I love bears. I love big bears. I love you, Kelly the bear. I love bears. Bears are big. And I love you, bears. I love you, bears. And I love you, Kelly bear. At this age, I really believed books had to be long to be legit. The bears I love and I love you. Today is Thursday, so I love you. I love you so, so much, and I love you. The bears are big, and I love the bears, and I love you. And do you love me? Question mark? 
The bears are big, and the day is Friday. I love you, bears, and you are big. And at this point, the illustrations stop with a, headless, or a bodiless head of a bear. I love bears, and the bears love you. I love the bears, and the bears love me. The bears are good, and I love the bears. I love the bears, and the bears love me. The bears are in the woods, and I love the bears. The bears are good! Exclamation mark. About the author, I sleep with a... <laughs> I sleep with a little teddy, and its name is Benjamin. There are no reader's comments, although there are some great stickers back there, and there's even a library book, and sadly, no one has ever signed it out. Thank you. Kelly, ladies and gentlemen, very, very nicely done. About once a week, I wake up in the morning, and I turn to my wife, and I say, it's Thursday, so I love you. is grown-ups read things they wrote as kids. Our show was recorded live in Toronto at the Transact Club and produced by Jenna Meisner. Olivia Nashmi is our associate producer. Our music is by Poddington Bear and Lullatone. And our closing theme is Oh Dear Diary by Sloan. If you want to know about upcoming live events, the single best thing to do is join our email newsletter. Just visit grownups.fm and click newsletter. That way you will be the first to know when we are coming to your town. That's grownups.fm and click newsletter. Or even easier, use the link in the episode notes on your device right now. I'm Dan Meisner. Thanks for listening. <laughs>